0: Yes, sir! He is back, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the uh, king of commitments, the sultan of signings, the oracle of olipop, the one, the only, Parker. How much
1: time did you spend working on that intro while I was gone?
0: Fifteen seconds. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Makes it all the more impressive. How How you doing? How's everything? Great. Got a smile on your face. I feel refreshed. Honeymoon must have gone very, very well. And the Sooners... Got a commitment from a five-star defensive lineman. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Turns out Todd Bates can close, Steely. Literally closed (laughs) him at the last minute, pretty much, right? How about that? I mean, David Stone, we just played the clip where he said, you know, up until about 3 o'clock, he was headed to Miami. He was headed to Miami. And Todd Bates, A, always, B, B, C, closing always be closing so is Todd Bates nemesis here I haven't seen him yet we're going to the text line here (laughs) all the texts are where is Todd Bates nemesis today (laughs) Todd Bates nemesis show yourself
1: yeah that's it he'll
0: be here I think he'll be here and take his medicine would be my guess because he's probably very happy oh there he is he says let's go Todd Bates yeah see there you go there you go right there all right so man this sounded like the battle was. It was clearly OU and Miami, and Michigan State on the outside, but David Stone said basically, until he picked a hat, he was almost guided by just a thought of he needs to come to Oklahoma. Well, it, look, Steely, let's
1: let's call it like it is here. Over the last couple cycles, Oklahoma has now had several high profile recruitments in which the decision has been heavily influenced by the mom and in some cases the decision has gone in Oklahoma's favor in some cases the decision has not but in the cases in which it's gone in Oklahoma's favor I think what you've noticed is that it's the kid kicking against the goads of his mom's preference I don't know what it is with OU and moms right now but OU and moms are seemingly at odds with each other as far as five-star recruits go. Lately.
0: Yeah, well, David Stone said, you know, it just felt right, felt like the right decision for him, and he picks Oklahoma. Now, my question to you, there are still others out there. We saw him already tweeting at Caden Durham. Uh, Dominic mm. McKinley's coming up. Uh, that's a Friday decision. Uh, and then Nigel Smith is September 8th. You've got Danny Okoye out there. You have Zena Omazulu out there. Um, could this help maybe flip Williams Whitney down the stretch could it potentially flip Caden Durham from LSU what do you think the potential impact of this commitment from David Stone is
1: i think there's a close to 0% chance Caden Durham ends up flipping to Oklahoma and i know he's having his fun on twitter and stone's having his fun on twitter but there there are so many reasons Why I do not believe Durham ends up in Oklahoma's class, especially now that he's actually officially committed to LSU. That one is not one that anybody should be holding their breath for. I'll be honest, I think Dominic McKinley's a horn right now. Looks that way. Looks like they're in the lead. Yeah, that sentiment has become the prevailing one across the industry.
0: And you guys have thought forever that Nigel Smith's coming to Oklahoma. Barring something crazy down the stretch, Nigel Smith is coming to OU. So that would leave... Danny Okoye, Zeno Omazulu, anybody else. You know, already in this class, you have Jaden Jackson looks pretty darn good, too. I mean, he looks like an immovable object out there. boy can play. Yeah, big time. You get, obviously, a five-star in David Stone. Wyatt Gilmore, who they like very much, he's a four-star. And then, you know, let's say they had Nigel Smith and Danny Okoye. That is still... That's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Well, I got a text this morning from a very good source down in DFW. And, I mean, again, nothing that nothing that shocked me or should shock anyone, but the text simply read, Nigel is going to be a Sooner. There you go. So, as we head into that September 8th decision, and I – it is so easy to forget about Nigel Smith because Oklahoma is and has been in the market for so many other blue-chip defensive linemen throughout Plus, the cycle. Plus, he's not real out there like Plus, he's like not other guys real are. out there, and it's just been OU, OU, OU for the longest time. It is the easiest thing in the world to forget that Nigel Smith is even expected to be a key component of this class just because there is so much ink spilled over all the other guys. Top but
0: 75 player in the country in that, in that range, yeah, right?
1: It is worth noting here that – Most other years, over the last decade, decade and a half, Steely, Nigel Smith would be, without question, no doubt about it.
0: Their best defensive line signing. The
1: biggest defensive line signing (laughs) of the year for Oklahoma. Isn't
0: that incredible?
1: And as it stands, he's like fourth or fifth on the wish list for most people. Again, he's an excellent player. He's a phenomenal football player. A guy that I expect to rise back into top 50 territory by the end of the cycle. But... He's so easy to forget about because he doesn't really do camps, Mm -hmm. doesn't really promote himself on social media, and he has not been dramatic or theatrical at all about his recruitment.
0: No, he hasn't. So, uh, what are we hearing on Danny Okoye? What do you think? uh, How is that battle shaping out for Oklahoma? Who's in the running and what chance do do they have at this point? Two things I know. One,
1: Miguel Chavis is going to be at his game this Friday evening. Two... Danny Okoye's official visit with Oklahoma begins after the game that Friday evening. Mm, So this is a big weekend for Oklahoma to make a big move with Danny Okoye. And I still, based on some of the intel, I still regard Oklahoma as the slight leader in that race. But there's a reason why you haven't seen any predictions come in for Danny Okoye across the industry yet. And it's because even if you do have a gut feeling about where this thing ends up, It is way too early and way too close to call between Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Texas. Those are the three top contenders. But Oklahoma's got the proximity. Chavis, against all odds, has managed to develop a really tight, really solid relationship with a kid who had zero interest in Oklahoma until about three months ago. And so as things stand, if you held a gun to my head and asked me where Danny Okoye is going to college, I would say Oklahoma. But this weekend will go a long way towards dictating whether – that outcome is the outcome that is hoped for by many Sooner fans uh, across the state and across the country. Because Danny Okoye, if you've watched the film, if you've seen some of his lifting videos that he's put out there on social media and if you've ever had the chance to witness the kid in person you know what an outstanding and impressive physical specimen he is Oh man
0: when he came into the studio that friday you talk about articulate well-spoken well beyond his years plus he's obviously a phenomenal football player if he was playing in a different classification uh you know let's say he was playing at tulsa union or something or bixby would he be a five-star kid would he be a
1: five-star kid? No. Would he be much higher ranked than he is? Yeah, probably. And I think the same can be said for a guy like Grant Bricks, and I'm sure we'll get to him later on in the program and certainly in locked in as well. But the big hang-up that a lot of evaluators are going to have with guys like that is, okay, yeah, sure, they look impressive, they look the part, they're big, they're strong, they're muscular, they're physical, they play angry, but they're playing a lot of kids that are half their size. And so it can be difficult to gauge how much of a competitive jump a guy like that is going to have to make when he gets to the collegiate level. And it also tends to put a pretty fixed ceiling on how high those guys can rise in the recruiting rankings. For my money, Bricks and Okoye are both top 100 players in the country. But do they close the cycle as top 100 players? I think Bricks is a safer bet in that regard than Okoye. But because of the small school factor, that's going to be the hangup for a lot of folks.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting down the stretch, but uh, the commitment from David Stone Saturday night, I didn't get a chance to check rivals at 247. I know on three, the Sooners were the 10th-ranked class in the country. And, you know, you get a five-star kid like this and you get some momentum. Nigel Smith will be a part of this Oklahoma class. The question is, who else is coming to join this Oklahoma class to close out the deal? And is there any chance they could flip? You say Durham, you think, eh, not going to happen. Um, and, again, because he was childhood buddies with David Stone. and We know that Michael Patterson-McDonald, Xavier Robinson are there on the OU roster now with their friend David Stone, who committed to Oklahoma on Saturday. All right, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. Talking about this earlier, it's pretty amazing, Parker. You think about what Brent Vittables has done. Again, the first year was not – it was a disaster by OU football standards. Six and seven. 25 years since it had been that bad. But the recruiting sure wasn't bad at all. Last year's class, number four in the country, you get three five-stars, Jackson Arnold, P.J. Adebore, and Peyton Bowen. And so far in this class, you got a pair of five-stars in uh, Taylor Tatum and David Stone now. So we'll see. Maybe the Sooners can make a late push on Dominic McKinley and get another five-star in this class. We'll see. All right, so, you know, some of the early losses, Peyton Pierce, Bryant Wesco, williams Winnery, obviously, which was much more recent, but uh, not that those were completely washed away. The Winnery one's still kind of lingering out there, but getting that commitment from David Stone Saturday was just gigantic. And good for Todd Bates, man. He's been right there on the doorstep a lot of times for OU, and it, you know, all he can do is try and build a relationship. That's All he can do, sell his resume, his relationship, the way he develops players and sends them to the NFL. He can't pull NIL money out of his own wallet. Can't do that. So Todd Bates has been right there. He's done all he can do. And this time it worked out in his favor. So good for him.
1: I mean, he pulled all the same strings that went to all the same lengths that he did with DJ Hicks. But in the end... uh, And you listen to some of the comments that were made by folks around DJ Hicks after that recruitment wrapped up. The decision was a lot more about what the family and what the parents wanted than what DJ Hicks wanted, ultimately. And I think what's refreshing about the outcome of the Stone recruitment is you got a kid that came out and openly said, Hey, my family wanted me here. My family wanted me to go to Miami. My family liked the South Beach vibe. But I wanted to come home, and so I did.
0: That's true. That's what he said Saturday night. All right, Parker is back. Getting a lot of love on the text line. I told you that BS would blow away, and it was gone within like a week or so. So only the real trolls are still hanging on to that stuff. So Parker's back from his honeymoon. Ladies and gentlemen, we're approaching the first Sooner Football Saturday of the season, 7 a.m. pregame show from Balfour of Norman and from Boyd Street Ventures happening on a Saturday as Oklahoma takes on Arkansas State. 11 a.m. Break time, back to the text line, next, here on The Ref. Always be closing. Always be closing.
1: You close or you hit the bricks.
0: That's right, that was Todd Bates on the phone, of course, on uh, Saturday afternoon because uh, David Stone said it uh, looked like the family wanted him to go to Miami. You know what, he said, no, I'm not going to do it. Miami is a place where uh, it's a modern-day Sodom and Gomorrah. You, uh, you you can't get to heaven from Miami, Florida. Wow. Uh, that's what I hear. Anyway, strong statement. So I'm just saying, you know, it's a pretty tawdry place. It's a fun place for a few days. But uh, David Stone picks Oklahoma again. On a Saturday night. That was a huge get, obviously, for Oklahoma. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen. You talk about a five-star. We're talking about the five-star five stars when it comes to Metro Casinos. Nearly 3,000 electronic games. Best gaming floor in the Metro as well. And it just got upgraded. The best is now even better. Skyloft Gaming Area. Oasis Gaming Area. No smoking. They've got a ton of games. All your favorite table games as well. Great poker room. High-stakes area big time. New member seven, earn up to 500 or I'm sorry, $450 in one day uh, with a new Riverwind Wild Card. Take part in their 50K Harvest Winnings promotion now underway as we uh, start the football season. Play with your Wild Card all week, but particularly today and tomorrow when you get five times the entries on Mondays and Tuesdays. Be there for the drawings on Saturday night when you share of 50K in cash and bonus play. We just had the Counting Crows over the weekend at the Showplace Theater. We just had Gary Alan out there on the Beats and Bite stage over the weekend as well. We still have shows on the way. We've got another Beats and Bite show in October, October twenty second with the Gin Blossoms. Tonic, and Wakeland on the Coop Works Beats and Bite stage. And we still have shows, of course, coming to the Showplace Theater. REO Speedwagon is coming up September 8th, Chicago September 15th. you got Foreigner on the way, Rodney Carrington, Aaron Lewis, Flatland Cavalry, Boys to Men, and many more to come to the Showplace Theater as well. So that's uh, more than one reason. That's about 20 reasons why Riverwind Casino is simply the best. We love Riverwind here. All right, uh 405651 at 3439. Somebody was asking Nigel Smith more of an interior guy, edge guy or a hybrid. So Nigel Smith at least ever since
1: Miguel Chavez, Todd Bates and Brent Venables and the new staff got to town. Uh there's been they've had varying ideas as to what he's going to be at the next level. But I think the idea that has really solidified and crystallized over the last few months is they brought him up for the spring game, and Oklahoma told him to watch Rondell Bothroyd over the course of the spring game. And they told Nigel Smith, that's what you're going to be in our defense. You're going to be Rondell Bothroyd. So is he a guy that's going to have the capacity to add bulk and the versatility to be able to play both inside and outside? Yes. But Oklahoma's intended design for him, as things stand right now, is for him to be a hand-in-the-dirt defensive end, similar to Rondell Bothroyd.
0: There you go. So you look at what's ahead for Oklahoma a couple of years down the road, uh, at least in this class. You could have, uh, again, if they all sign, and they're expected to, uh, You well, you already have P.J. Atabari at one end. You could have Nigel Smith at the other. You still have guys, young guys like R. Mason Thomas, uh, who will be on the roster. And then you have uh at least on the interior right now, David Stone and Jaden Jackson. So and again you could you're you're gonna add Nigel Smith, more than likely, as we've talked about. The question is what happens to Okoye uh and Zena Omazulu as well for OU? What's up with OmaZulu, by the way? Where does this where do the Sooners fit in that picture right now?
1: I it it feels like things have kind of flatlined there. When he didn't show up for the party at the Palace at the end of July, that was kind of the first signal for that, okay, th- things maybe aren't as hot here between the Mosulu and the Sooners as they once were. It's a three-horse race, Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma. I, I would put OU third right now, quite there honestly, you. and I think that's the reason why Oklahoma has been prioritizing Daniel Koye the way that they have as of late.
0: Okay, so left in the class for Oklahoma. Clearly, you have Don McKinley, you have Nigel Smith, you have Okoye, you have Oma Zulu, you have Grant Bricks, uh, Braden Plato. although that feels like a long shot, right? Who else is left in the class?
1: So Braden Platt, I expect to commit to Oregon. right? Obviously, Nigel Smith, I expect to be a sooner. Uh, Dominic McKinley, that is...
0: 60, that's, a Texas, Texas.
1: that's a Texas lean right now. That's where I would lean with that one. Grant Bricks, I regard Oklahoma as the leader there. They're fighting with Nebraska. That's a two horse race at this point down the stretch. It's OU Nebraska, good old fashioned Big Eight recruiting battle for Grant Bricks. And then beyond those guys, Eddie Pierre Louis, the four star offensive lineman from Florida, Jordan Seaton, another IMG guy, four star player, top 25 player in the class of 2024, per the rivals' rankings. Daniel Akincumi is a guy that's going to take his official visit this weekend to OU. And then it, it defensively, the board just gets slimmer and slimmer outside of Chavis's room. They're going to work to flip to an area. We've talked about that. But in the back half, linebackers and secondary, really only two targets left on the board after Platt commits. Again, I expect that to be Oregon. It's Devin Jordan and it's Michael Boganowski. They're looking to add one more corner and one more safety. Those are two guys that they've been after for quite a while, and Jordan is the guy they want to add to Jeremiah Newcomb and Eli Bowen in the cornerback room, and Boganowski is the guy they want to add to Jaden Hardy and Michael Patterson-McDonald in this safety hall.
0: There you go. In 2025, we saw a battle between Jordan and Isaiah Mosee, uh the other day. Man, he looks good. Isaiah, you were there, right? Uh, you were there to watch uh, Lee Summit in action. And he had another nice game. What's going on? Uh, when is that commitment going to happen?
1: Probably postseason at this point.
0: But now, it would be a real surprise if it's not Oklahoma still, right?
1: I, yes. I I would be surprised if it's not Oklahoma. If it's not Oklahoma right now, it's going to be Oregon. That is OU's primary competition. But obviously the family loves OU. They love Emmett Jones. Isaiah has grown up an OU fan. I think... Throughout this whole process, it's been Isaiah just trying to convince himself that he could see himself anywhere but Oklahoma. But I expect yeah. it to be OU in the end.
0: There you go. All right, 405-651-3439. Meyer Chevrolet text line. You guys are doing a great job. Todd Bates and Nemesis, uh, we would have taken a screen sh- screenshot, but his phone number is on there It said, Go Todd Bates. Something like that. He was very positive. So, yes, he has checked in, and he was super positive. All right, we want to thank again – our first-hour sponsor, the one, the only, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113 for Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Jesse Crittenden joins us next hour at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Looking forward to that. Good to have Parker back with us. We're rolling right along. First Souter Football Saturday this weekend. Can't wait. Stay with us. We'll have three men talking when Jesse gets here at 135. Jesse Crittenden will be joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline at 135 today. Parker is back with us, ladies and gentlemen. He is back from his honeymoon, and the Sooners fan base is still celebrating what happened Saturday night, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I'm talking about. It was big-time David Stone did it. He became a five-star defensive lineman who actually said yes to Oklahoma. You know, with that being said, I'll be going to the University of the Sooners, Oklahoma. David,
1: David, David, David. Stone. David.
0: Who says you can't mix uh, Bob Dylan together with the Ramones and create your magnum opus? Maybe it's not that good, but I, uh, yeah, you like the Dylan part, right? Did like the a Dylan, D- well, of course. Dylan, part. yeah, big, big Dylan, Dylan guy. guy. We still gotta hit the uh, Dylan uh, Museum up there in Tulsa. Oh, that's point. true, man. I, well, it's I guess still be- there, and we haven't been there.
1: I'll be up there for several days later this month when Oklahoma plays at Chapman Stadium, so maybe then.
0: That sounds like the perfect, perfect opportunity right there. Perfect opportunity. All right, Jeff Levy met with the media earlier today. So did uh, Ted Roof in the three-man front. Uh, but let's hear from Jeff Levy first. And uh, here's Jeff Levy talking about his quarterback
2: situation. I feel great about Dylan. He's had a great camp. This is a guy that started 36 games. Uh, he's had a ton of production. So looking for him to you know be dominant and, and play really really well at a championship level uh, expect that he expects that and so excited for him to, to get on the grass Saturday morning and then with Jackson you know we'll continue to work through that We want to try you know every way imaginable to, to create growth uh, when those opportunity opportunities come up uh, so as we work through that we'll continue to evaluate and see where that that lands
0: there you go jeff levy what about the offensive line you lose your two tackles one a first rounder and anton harrison wanyeh morris really good player as well they lost chris murray but they appear to be feeling pretty good about that offensive line here's more from jeff levy yeah
2: we've got a little bit of competition still working through you know as, as we move forward throughout the week you'll see multiple guys playing for sure um but we feel good about where we're at. You know, as, Again, as you look at it, there's guys that maybe haven't played a ton of ball here, but they have played a whole bunch of ball, You know, whether it's Walter. McCade obviously coming back as a starter, had all those starts prior to being here. Uh, Rame has all the starts that he has. Uh, and you look at guys like Tyler and, and Savion and, and then Troy having all the starts that he had last year. So uh, we feel, uh, feel good about where we're at. Again, excited about the opportunity Saturday morning.
0: There you go. Jeff Levy meeting with the media. Brent Venables will meet with the media tomorrow, of course. And uh, some sooner players will get a depth chart tomorrow. All right. uh, Before we get to the text line, by the way, I want to thank Oklahoma Generator for sponsoring our uh, second hour. Call them at 405-321-6631. That is 405-321-6631. Check them out online at okgen.com. They're Oklahoma's highest rated and longest operating Generac dealer. And uh, currently offering new customer discounts and a free 10-year warranty with new installations. Thank you to Oklahoma Generator. All right, so uh, let's go through the depth charts, if you agree with me. Obviously, quarterback Dylan Gabriel. Agreed? Yes, agreed. Okay. You really didn't even have to make a statement. Okay, I waited, wait, but you there. really didn't have to, <laughs> but, you know. We're going to take that one as a given. Running back. uh, I'm going to go Javante Barnes, but I'm hearing maybe Marcus Major. You're definitely going to get some ores there. I don't think there's any doubt about it. What do you think, running back? <laughs> Could we, I mean, based
1: on the comments from Jeff Levy today regarding Tawi Walker, do we see Javante Barnes or Gavin Sawchuk or Marcus Major or Tawi Walker?
0: Or Caleb Hicks? Probably uh, probably I, those four, though. Yeah, you're hearing a lot of good stuff about Tawi Walker. Um, I
1: will go with Javante Barnes as
0: well. Uh, wide receiver, the three they'll trot out there to start, Jalil Farouk, Drake Stoops, and Anthony. I'll go Farouk, Stoops, and Nick Anderson. There you go. Going for your boy right there, Nick Anderson. Uh, tied in clearly is Austin Stogner. The tackles will be Walter Rouse and Tyler Guyton. Hey, let me tell you this much. I... I think you could see a surprise
1: on the depth chart at tight end. What? Not not to say that Austin Stogner won't start because he will, but I'm talking about who will be number two. Is it the basketball playing kid? I, Josh fanuel has been really impressive. Really? Really impressive in camp so far. How about and that? I, I think there's a decent chance. I, w- I would give the safe edge to Blake Smith. But you could see Josh Fanial second on the depth chart at tight end. Blake There's a world that's caught happens.
0: a touchdown pass one handed with a cast on his other hand. He did. That is true. That's something that only studs do. But I don't know. Maybe it was just a one shining moment. Uh so tackles Rouse and Guyton, guards, Sabion Byrd, McCabe Tower, center Andrew Rame. Who starts up front? I'm going with Jonah Laulu and Isaiah Co. What do you think? Give me. Jordan Kelly, Dejon Terry.
1: Give me Laulu. No, I'm not going to say Laulu. No, I will. Laulu, Dejon Terry.
0: Okay. Uh, defensive end starters will be Rondell Bothroyd and Ethan Downs. Would agree. With a healthy dose of Trace Ford. Um, Reggie and- Grimes, R. Mason Thomas. How much will P.J. Adabare play? Who would be. The first guy to come in, if it's Bothroyd and Down starting, who would be the first guy? Armason Mason Thomas. Armason Mason Thomas. Armason Mason Thomas. And then yeah. Trace Ford?
1: Probably so, yes.
0: Uh, linebackers, Danny Stutzman, Jaron Kanick, uh, Cheetah, Justin Harrington with a healthy dose of DeSan McCullough. We're going with Harrington? That's what Teddy keeps saying. Uh, listen,
1: I, Teddy knows his stuff. And if Teddy says Harrington, I will take his word for it, and I will roll with Harrington. But... <laughs> I have my apprehensions about that pick, naturally, because Harrington is the guy that's – we, we've been over this. Uh, at some point, you got to see it to believe it, and that's about where I'm at with it.
0: Sounds Harrington. like you'd rather have Padraig Harrington out there than Justin Harrington.
1: Uh, no, I would I would rather have Justin Harrington out there than Padraig Harrington. Okay, But uh, I I still think on McCullough ends up taking the lion's share of snaps at that position this season.
0: Cornerback, Woody's going to start – I think you know that's going to be uh, that's going to be a definite thing. Gentry Williams, Josiah Wagner. What do you think for the other corner? Man, the uh, man. I I want to just put it
1: all out there on the line and say Josiah Wagner. But I would say, I would probably go with Gentry Williams.
0: By the way, we haven't heard much about Kendall Dolby. Is there anything to be said?
1: Just. With Kendall Dolby, I think it's within the realm of possibility that he competes for mm-hmm. a starting spot. And maybe it's a situation similar to the one we had last year where C.J. Colden didn't really emerge as the starter at that other cornerback spot until midway through the season. Stock you went could, way
0: up. Yeah, down you the could stretch. see
1: some competition at that second corner slot, and did, Kendall Dolby could make some noise in that regard. But... To open the season, I would say based on what they've done thus far in camp, I would go with either Gentry or Josiah Wagner as the starting cornerback opposite Woody.
0: Safety, Billy Bowman's got one spot. Reggie Pearson, will he start? Yes, would they, okay. that is my belief. Peyton Bowen next in line or Key Lawrence? I would say Peyton
1: Bowen is probably next in line over Key Lawrence. Okay. Peyton Bowen going to play a lot, you would think? Peyton Bowen will play a lot. And-
0: Good Yes,
1: good. I, I I mentioned this previously, but I wonder if that's a guy that sees a lot more action at Cheetah than we're all anticipating right
0: now. Could be. Desan McCullough, um, mainly Indiana used him as an edge guy, right? As a freshman. Freshman All-American. And, uh, you know, obviously he didn't have to cover a lot of people last year playing for the Hoosiers, but so... Um, I don't know. Nobody's doubting his talent, and I think he's going to play a lot for Oklahoma, and maybe he will start. We'll see. But um, a lot of people want to see it to believe it from Justin Harrington. So there you go. And um, Kicker Zach Schmidt, punter Luke Elzinga, Josh Plaster, have a chance, or is it going to be Elzinga, the kid from Central Michigan? Uh, do you think that Peyton Bowen will be involved in returning kicks? I do. Kick return? I would say- they seem to like Drake Stoops and his sure handedness for punts.
1: And that's, yeah, and people are going to look at that and they're going to go, well, why would Drake Stoops be returning punts? He's never going to break one for a touchdown. Well, realistically, it, unless you have somebody like a Tyron Matthew or an Antonio Perkins on your roster, Three which those one guys, game against UCLA, yeah, those guys come in once in a generation. It was UCLA. It was UCLA, but, that's right. Unless you have a guy like that who is legitimately a threat to house anything when he gets the ball in his hands. The odds of muffing a punt and thus committing a turnover are generally much higher than the odds that you're ever going to get a punt return touchdown. Oklahoma hasn't had a punt return touchdown since 2016. So if you have a guy back there who can simply haul in the ball every time, and if he needs to take a fair catch to avoid the ball bouncing another 15, 20 yards and putting you at a disadvantageous field position, then... Okay, it's not sexy, but that's what has to be done to a certain extent in many situations. If you have a guy back there that has sure hands and he isn't going to put the ball on the ground as a punt returner, that's oftentimes the guy that you're going to lean towards. And the Sooners yeah. had the Sooners were fortunate the last couple of years to have a guy in Marvin Mims who was as sure-handed as they come as a punt returner and also was a legit threat to break one open at any given moment. And... Again, is it Drake Stoops? Maybe to start. I could see Oklahoma handing things off to a more explosive guy down the line, somebody like a Gavin Freeman or even a Peyton Bowen. But at least to start the season, when you're not necessarily playing conservatively, but maybe you're not coming out guns blazing in non-conference play against teams that – and I I hate to put it this way, but you really want to expend max effort in dispatching Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa? No, and you really don't want to give any of those programs an opportunity to hang around. So you stick with what works, and Drake Stoops is one of those guys that if he's returning punts, he's not going to make any abject mistakes that are going to jeopardize your lead or your advantage in any given football game.
0: Yeah, coaches don't like punt muffing at all. Punt muffing is not something that uh, they're a fan of. By the way, Zachariah Branch pretty good on kick returns for Southern Cal. I think he looked like a uh, legit five-star. That (laughs) That kid's dynamite. Uh, He's really good. That kid's dynamite. Really good. That defense is really not good again, at least so far. All right, break time. By the way, Sooner uh, Practice Reports brought to you by Neutral. Vodka, seltzer, real juice. Neutral Vodka Seltzer is an official sponsor of OU Athletics, made with only vodka, seltzer, and real juice to offer a deliciously clean, light, and refreshing taste. Neutral Vodka Seltzer Real Juice. All right, break time. Jesse Crittenden coming up, 135 Riverwind Casino Hotline. Get to the text line, the Meyer Chevrolet text line, when we get back here on the Home of Sooner Fans. We are back. Good to have you along. Mike Steely Parker Thune is back from his honeymoon. How was the honeymoon, by the way?
1: I I tell you what, Steely, and I mentioned this to a couple of the beat reporters this morning at Jeff Levy and Ted Roof's availability sessions, but it wasn't until I got to Hawaii and took it easy for a couple days that I realized, man, I haven't had more than a day or two to just completely check out from work in probably four years, so... It was nothing short of invigorating to just be able to remove myself from all things work-related for several days.
0: You know, I think we all need more of that, and, uh, you know, we're fortunate enough to be in a uh, a career that's very enjoyable, talking about sports, coming on, and uh, BSing with people about a game. But uh, you're hustling all the time, you know, I've got two gigs that I'm doing right now too, and uh, it seems like... After the pandemic, a lot of people had to do that. There are more people out there hustling than ever. But uh, it's good to get away, man. Just clear your mind, your soul, your body and soul, and uh, come back re-energized. So good for you. And uh, Rebecca enjoyed it very much? That she did. Good. Yes. Good, good, good. Had a All great right. time. Got a tan. Do I look tanner? You look like uh, George Hamilton. A- Older the reference went straight over. Parker Thune's head. Just Google up George Hamilton. He's probably known for being the tannest man in the history of tanning. Probably Ugh. slept in a tanning booth. So it's not quite George Hamilton, but it's there. It's close.
1: So you're talking like bronze? Like he looks like a sculpture?
0: Yes. Yes. 405-651-3439. i right now. Chevrolet text line. George Hamilton tan. You'll see him. George uh, Hamilton Mm-hmm. Okay. And the verdict is very tan, I'm sure.
1: Honestly, not as tan as I expected. Really? Yeah. Uh, you got the wrong when you picture. Told me, when you told me the tannest man in the history of tans,
0: Well, I was
1: expecting he'd be, you know.
0: Some of those cheese doesn't... ball bodybuilders who, you know, get in the Speedos and get all muscled <laughs> up, you know, they get super tan too. But that's the orange, creamy tan stuff, I think, which is. Like spray tan? It's either a spray tan or that uh, – there was a couple – well, there are a couple people we used to know, sort of, that basically looked like Doompa Loompas because they were basically that color of orange. And I think they worked at Willy Wonka's place, actually. From All right,
1: from a, from a listener in the 615, ran
0: into George Hamilton on my one trip to New York City. All right, will you tell him, 615 Tennessee, that he's really tan, right? I mean – On the tail, on the tan scale, he's an 11 out of 10.
1: Ohio says, Parker, welcome back, my friend. Missed you, pal. I missed all of you. Missed the entire ref
0: army. So you're coming back to a victory. We need a ticker tape parade for you. Oh, for me? Yes, for you and David Stone and Brandon Drum driving down Main Street. Of course, David Stone has a game, I'm sure, Friday night. But do you think he could get here? Straight down Main Street, we have the Shriners out there and their little corvettes or whatever they drive around, and and just have a ticker tape parade.
1: Okay, I'm down with it. There you go. I mean, like, I
0: <laughs> Brandon was doing most of the legwork and reporting on
1: Stone down the stretch because I was in Hawaii in the final days of his recruitment. But hey, you know what? I'll take the win if I want to. It if I can get. A spot. If I can get a seat on the parade float alongside David Stone and Brandon, then I'm good with that. I'll roll with it.
0: Has Todd Bates written a poem about uh, the uh, decision yet? I haven't seen one released.
1: I have not seen one released yet either. So, I Maybe that's something that has to wait until signing day. Maybe that's a compliance rule. Can't write poems <laughs> about commits until they're signees.
0: Cherokee Sooner. Hulk Hogan is the tanest man in history. He was pretty tan, yes. Pretty tan. Uh, from
1: a listener in the 580, is Marcus Hicks still on the roster? Several have asked that question over the last few weeks, and we just we haven't gotten around to it because, honestly, like there have been a lot bigger storylines to hit, but just to provide some clarity on the Marcus Hicks situation, no, he is not still on the roster. He is medically retired from football. So, former blue chipper from Wichita, Kansas, not going to be suiting up for the Sooners anymore. And I don't think – I think he only appeared in two games as a Sooner, if I'm not mistaken. It's quite a a journey for him because he had season-ending injuries his first two years on campus, then switched from D-line to offensive line, then switched from offensive line back to D-line, and then decided after spring ball this year over the summer that he was going to step away from the game.
0: All right, from the 580, uh, could you all touch on the verbal committed recruits and which ones could be early enrollees?
1: Okay, so which ones are going to be early enrollees? Let's roll through the list, and let's see. So, David Stone, I believe he's going to be an early enrollee. I'm not 100% on that one. Uh, Eli Bowen, yes. Andy Bass, no. He's a private school kid. Josh Isosa, Yes. Brendan Zerbrug, yes. Michael Patterson McDonald will not early enroll. I don't believe Eugene Brooks is going to early enroll. Taylor Tatum will. Zion Raggins, I don't know. Jaden Jackson, I'm not sure on. Devon Mitchell will early enroll. Ivan Carrion will as well. Wyatt Gilmore, I don't know. Uh, Xavier Robinson, I'm not sure on that one either. So Taylor, so.
0: T- Taylor Tatum could play for the baseball team this coming season.
1: Uh, theoretically, I guess, yes, he could. Uh, Michael Hawkins is going to early enroll. Jeremiah Newcomb is. Jaden Hardy is. Zion Kearney is. James Nesta, I don't think, is. And Dozie Ezekama, I know he was going to a private school, but he transferred. i got to touch base with him on that. that. Part of the onus behind the transfer might have been uh, the ability to early enroll at Oklahoma. So... Uh, In short, there are probably half the guys right now in this class as things stand that are planning on early enrolling. There are a handful that I know for sure are not, and then there are some that the jury is still out on.
0: I think they had 14 from the previous class. By the way, you know who's another five-star kid really in this class? And I know Taylor Tatum and uh, David Stone. You've got two committed already. Um, Devon Mitchell looks like a five-star kid to me. And I know once he reclassified, he lost his fifth star. But that dude looks big time. He looks big. Did time. Did
1: you see his defensive highlights over the weekend? I didn't see the defensive highlights. He was lining up at edge rusher. Uh-oh. Man, there's this one play where he suplexes the quarterback. Really? Yes. Penetrates the line, gets two hands on the quarterback, and basically throws him up over his shoulder and onto the ground. It's terrifying. Uh, Sooner Todd says, maybe Parker needs to leave town more often. We get great news. <laughs> I'm kidding. Welcome back and congratulations. Hey, if going out of town, if visiting Hawaii is what it takes for Oklahoma to land five-star recruits, for both my sake and Oklahoma's, I will be more than happy to take a monthly trip to Hawaii. We can get that on the
0: books. Has Parker had the chance to catch up with Grant Brick? Did it da House. So, Grant Brick's... Uh,
1: this is this has always been a weird one and it just gets weirder I I, I guess at this point it's not really weird it's an OU Nebraska battle right he's deciding between the school that's geographically closest to, to home and the school that he has acknowledged is going to develop him best for the next level so Oklahoma and Nebraska are the final contenders he was eyeing a commitment before the beginning of his senior season, but decided he wasn't ready. And now the timeline is indefinite once again, but it's either the Sooners or the Huskers. I, I would love at this point to give you an idea of when this decision comes down. I do not know because bricks doesn't know. And I also think the longer this drags on, the better things look for Nebraska. So I think Oklahoma's kind of fighting the clock here as well. Uh, David from Norman says, I don't believe Taylor Tatum can play baseball next spring. NCAA rules say you for, you must first play the sport that you are receiving your scholarship. Ah, okay, so, okay. Yeah, his go. scholarship is going to be football, so I guess then he wouldn't be eligible to play baseball until the spring of 25. Sam and Edmund says, Captain 405 is adamant stone-committed debates on Monday. What say you, Mr. Thune? Well, look, it, it, it depends on what you quantify as a commitment because – and there's there's some gray area here. Could anybody provide a definitive answer? I I don't know. Because, for instance, if what you consider a commitment is the kid telling the coach, hey, I'm coming to your school, then, heck, Zadavian Sims committed to Todd Bates days before he announced for Oregon. So, that what exactly constitutes a commitment? That's kind of the perpetual question, and I think it varies kid to kid. And based on their intentions and their motives, which are really only known to them, there there can be a lot of gray area there in terms of interpretation. Now, what I do know is that David Stone, several times over the course of his recruitment, dating back a year and a half, told the Oklahoma staff, yeah, I'm coming to the University of Oklahoma. So, again, if you're going to take the kid at his word and you're the Oklahoma coaching staff, then they never really had to squirm about David Stone. But the Miami thing was real, and Miami was pushing very hard, and the family won in Miami, as David Stone said. That much I can't affirm. So, look, is it possible... That David Stone quote unquote committed to Todd Bates on Monday? Yes. Mm-hmm. However, could he also have picked up the Miami hat after quote unquote committing to David Stone or to Todd Bates on Monday? Also, yes. All
0: right, we got to go to a break. We've got Jesse Crittenden coming up. Former uh, TV weatherman Aaron Tuttle is the uh man of the planet. Uh really? Is that you, Patrick from the Lost Ogle? I'm I'm just wondering. Four oh five six five one thirty four 39 Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. It's a Monday. We've got Sooner Football for Real on Saturday. Coming back to talk about it with Jesse Crittenden next here on The Ref. Jesse Crittenden joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. The 50K Harvest of Winnings promotion is underway right now at Riverwind. Get out there. Play with your wild card, particularly today and tomorrow. You get five times the entries. Play with your wild card on Mondays and Tuesdays. Be there. Saturday night for the big drawings, win your share of 50K in cash and bonus play at the Riverwind 50K Harvest Winnings promotion. Uh, Don't forget, the brand-new gaming floor looks unbelievable. If you haven't been out there to see it, you need to get out there. They've got an incredible video uh, screen outside now that's unbelievable. Skyloft Gaming Area all your favorite table games, great poker room, best games, best bars and dining, incredible world-class hotel, great service and promotions. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Riverwind Casino is simply the best. Jesse Crittenden joining us. Jesse, appreciate your time as usual. Anything interesting uh, come out of the uh, uh, Jeff Levy or Ted Roof Pressers today?
3: Yeah, I think the main thing is something that, you know, I think we've kind of known for a while now, uh, but I mean, they put it really concisely today. Uh, we're going to see a bunch of players on the field on Saturday uh, on both sides of the ball, but particularly on offense. Uh, Jeff Levy had said before and repeated today that you know he thinks there could be six or seven wide receivers uh, that see the field. He thinks there could be three or four running backs that see carries on Saturday. But it's uh, I, I think it's important because you know they've talked a lot about competitive depth this year. But I think for them, they genuinely feel like playing a lot of guys at key positions is going to be the best way for this team to have success this year. And I asked Jeff Levy, I mean, what is that balance between, you know, obviously you want to do what it takes to win games, but, you know, also getting some guys on the field, seeing what you have. And he said there are going to be a lot of players that see the field. That is the intent. That is the plan. So I think what you're really going to see Uh, Saturday and over these first couple of weeks, I think you're going to see a lot of guys get meaningful reps, and it's going to be about seeing who's ready for the pressure, who's ready to produce. Uh, You know, young, old, everybody's going to get a chance. So I'm pretty curious to see how that shakes out on Saturday.
1: Jesse, realistically... What do you want to see from Oklahoma on the football field this Saturday? Because they're playing Arkansas State. This ought to be the most lopsided game on the 2023 schedule for the Sooners. It ought to be a game that's well in hand by halftime or even by the end of the first quarter. So what do you need to see Oklahoma do slash accomplish on the turf at Owen Field this weekend to feel good about the strides this team has made in the offseason? Or can you draw any conclusions therein? Yeah, you certainly can. I think there's two main
3: things. I think the first one goes uh, aligned with, with what I was just talking about. But I want to see different guys uh, get opportunities on the field. I mean, look at running back. I mean, I think everybody has projected, you know, Gavin Sawchuk and Javante Barnes to get a lot of the carries of running back. But uh, if this coaching staff feels confident in, in Marcus Major and, and even Towie Walker's name was mentioned today, if they feel confident in those guys, I think when you have a 6-7 and seven season – uh, you can't really uh, you can't afford to have preconceived notions about these players. If they feel confident about those guys at running back, throw them on the field. If you're you know a wide receiver, we've talked about the wide receiver group a lot, but you know someone like Jacqueys uh, regardless if he's a freshman or not, if you think he can play, throw him on the field. That's what these non-conference games are for. And it, obviously, even defensively with guys like Peyton Bowen or PJ Atabare or. Uh, you know, Makari Vickers, Josiah Wagner, Do you think those guys are ready to play, give them a chance. And I think the second thing, and I've mentioned it before, but I, I do think there were things last year in last year's non-conference slate uh, that were telling for some of the issues that OU was going to have later in the season, the big one being uh, the lack of complementary football and the struggle of, you know, the offense playing too fast at times and the defense being on the field way too much. We saw that in that Kent State game last year, where Kent State had the lead for most of the first half, and you know for the offense it was a lot of three and outs, and the defense being on the field, you know, for much of that first half. So I think it's both those things. It's you know let's see what let's see these young guys, let's see other guys get a chance, and you know can this team play complementary football even against Arkansas State? Because while it is a lot, it should be a lopsided game. Some struggles that were there in last year's non-conference play, you know, you don't want to see those come up, especially in these early games.
0: Jesse Crittenden with us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline. And uh, always appreciate Jesse with us on a Monday. OU Insider, obviously, formerly the Norman Transcript. Um, how did you celebrate or how did you uh, take in the uh, David Stone commitment to Oklahoma? And uh, what kind of reaction have you heard? Anything uh, interesting or different than what people are doing? Just going crazy for this David Stone announcement. You know, it's
3: funny because I think with the, with David Stone committing to Oklahoma, I mean, I, I think there was certainly a fair amount of – or a, a lot of celebration. But I think for most people it was just a sigh of relief. And, and, and Steely, you and I talked about it uh, last week, but I think it, 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 you can't be overstated how crucial it was for Oklahoma to get David Stone. I mean, in the wake of, you know, uh, Winery's commitment a couple of weeks ago with the DJ Hicks situation almost a year ago – um, it was just imperative, I think, and I think OU fans everywhere were almost holding their breath as the ceremony ceremony was getting closer because I think they they understood how big it was going to be to, to get him but also how crushing it was going to be to lose him. Um, but all that, I mean, even take all that context out of it, it is just huge to get a guy like David Stone. Uh, it, it, even, it was even talked about today that, I mean, I, I think – to you know prepare for the SEC it's really got to start at the line of scrimmage um, on both sides of the ball but particularly the defensive line we saw that was where the most issues were last year we saw that the defensive line was obviously a a huge area of priority during the offseason but the reality is you got to get young guys in the program young guys who are difference makers and and David Stone is that guy I mean how there's just not a ton of five star defensive linemen that grow on trees but uh, you know that's what Alabama has. That's what Clemson has. That's what Georgia has. And if OU really, you know, if Brent Venables and OU really want to transform this program, uh, David Stone is the kind of guy they're going to have to get. So I think for everybody within the program and, and fans, I think it was just a, a huge sigh of relief and also a sign that there is something that this program is building. And I think in a lot of ways David Stone is, is an important first step in trying to build uh, this program the way Venables wants to build it.
1: Jesse, what does it say about this Oklahoma staff's ability to not only recruit and develop but also evaluate when you have a guy, not only a guy that was a really a surefire, can't-miss future superstar in Peyton Bowen, but a guy that kind of flew under the radar in Oklahoma's 2023 signing class, Josiah Wagner, very much in the mix to start at cornerback as a true freshman? Yeah, and, and, and
3: not only to all of that, but uh, you see this coaching staff make a real priority to get guys that have Oklahoma roots uh, we've seen that you know with uh, over just the last few days but you know David stone obviously being the epitome of that a guy that has Oklahoma roots that grew up not far from the stadium um, so I think it's it's pretty it's pretty unique how this coaching staff has balanced not only trying to get the best guys but also evaluating them purely on talent and fit in the scheme but also you know trying to prioritize uh you know what getting within state lines but also it's been pretty impressive now there have been some misses and there's no way uh you know to to overlook that completely but considering that you know the team went six and seven last year and this coaching staff is still finding not only talented difference makers particularly on defense um but you know they're still able to they're still able to get all those guys that fit into that criteria after such a disappointing season to get a guy like david stone with OU ties, a guy OU desperately needs to put on the defensive line. Um, I, I, you can't overstate that. Now, this coaching staff still has work to do um, for for the pro, you know, for the recruiting classes moving forward. But um, it's pretty impressive that this coaching staff isn't just getting talented guys. They're getting they're getting talented guys that fit within Venable's scheme, and getting guys with with Oklahoma ties. It's it's, it's pretty dang impressive.
0: All right, what is the uh... The situation you think that's going to develop at running back. Uh, we were talking about who's going to start. There's some thoughts. Well, it's got to be Javante Barnes. I know he, had, he was coming off the foot injury, but he appears to be fine. Uh, now, a lot of talk about Marcus Major, maybe Gavin Sawchuk. How do you see them rotating, and, and how do you think starts at running back?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. And I mean, I think I've been just like a lot of people that you know. I think especially by the end of the year. Uh, it, I, I think it is going to develop into a, you know, a Gavin Sachuk, Javante Barnes, 1A, 1B type of situation. But I've actually said the last few weeks that I think there's been growing uh, momentum that Marcus Major is going to be a real part of this backfield. Uh, you know, again, not only just because you know, he was the number two running back early last year before injuries happened, but he is by far the undisputed veteran in that group. And I think as excited as they are about Sachuk and Barnes, uh, I think they want somebody that you know he's a redshirt senior. He's been around the program for years. I think that's the kind of guy they want you know to at least give a chance on the field. It would not shock me at all, uh, you know, especially it being Arkansas State, the first game of the season at home. It wouldn't shock me to see Marcus Major out there on the field, um, you know, to you know to take the first snaps at running back, or it wouldn't surprise me uh, if we see him a lot. And I, and I think the fact that Taiwe Walker's name was mentioned today by Jeff Levy is also an indication that uh, they're gonna give a lot of guys chances there now I don't think it's gonna be like that forever I think it's gonna it's gonna grow and develop and I do think Barnes Sachuk will will rise to the top of the depth chart but I think especially these first two or three weeks it's possible we see three or four guys get uh, you know roughly even share of the running back refs mostly to see what they've got but I think Marcus Major has a real opportunity uh, to, to have a big part in this offense and I think So I think it's going to be interesting to see who goes out there first. Uh, I think it could be any of those three guys we mentioned, but I, I think at minimum three or four guys are going to see carries on Saturday, and it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out.
0: Jesse, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Jesse Crittenden, OU Insider, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Break time right here, 405-651-3439. We will get to as many texts as we can in our final segment. We're going to get locked in with uh, Reunited and it feels so good, peaches and herbs. Peaches and herb, not two herbs. There was only one herb. That would have been crazy if there were two herbs. But Reunited also at 2 o'clock for Locked In with Parker and Tyler McComas. Keep it here in The Rep.
2: Longhorn Nation, we're back!
0: Yes, the Longhorns open up Saturday as well, taking on the Rice Owls, and that will be a 2.30 kick at DKR on Fox, so you'll be able to watch uh, the Sooners right into the Longhorns. I know you guys want to watch the Longhorns, right? Maybe not. Alright, uh, speaking of Texas, Sark's presser today, he was asked about the Brett yourmark remarks last week, which were very surprising for a conference commissioner. Here's uh, here's that exchange at Longhorns uh, Media Day today with Sark. Well, You're trying to get me in trouble, Roger. But um,
1: Jokingly aside, but but not. (laughs) You know, I got a letter from the commissioner about sportsmanship the day before that speech. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, about what are we promoting to our student-athletes and then to go say those types of things. So I'm I'm not guessing he's going to have his Thanksgiving dinner with us the night before that game. Um, But the reality of it is, you know, a lot's been made about that. A lot's been made about a T-shirt being made. Let, let's not make this more than it is, man. This is about us. We're focused on what we get to do and why we get to do it. We're proud to be part of the University of Texas, okay? We're proud to represent the burnt orange and right. We're proud to represent 550,000 living alumni. We're proud to represent four national championship teams. We're proud to get to go do that. And we know who's behind us, and that's okay. Now let's go play.
0: There you go. Sorry today. Dismissing the Brett Yormark comments. It's a pretty good response by Sark. Like I'll give it up to him. I what did you think? You were were you still in Hawaii when that came down? Yes, yes I was. See, Yormark's not an idiot. He's very bright and he's done a great job. That's why I was surprised like because sometimes you get one of these olds like myself that figures there are no cameras here. I can say whatever the hell I want, you know. But Brett Yormark is not that guy. First of all, There are cameras everywhere, and you're likely to be recorded in any situation. But this was clearly, you know, the tech boosters and everything. But, again, it just looks horrible. How many uh, calls do you think Oklahoma Texas will get this year? Holding. They had a total of um, three holding calls in their favor last year. What's the over and under? Yeah.
1: 2.5 again? And, like, I'm not one of those – I'm not a conspiracy theorist in that regard. And I will say I had a lot of respect for Brett Yormark and the way that, and have a lot of respect for Brett Yormark for the way that he stepped into what was a sinking ship in the Big 12 in the wake of Bob Bullsby's departure and was able to not only keep the conference together but strengthen it for the years ahead. He's done a great job. You you can't say something like that for very obvious reasons. You can't make it look as though you have a partisan interest in the outcome of a football game because then all the conspiracy theories that are already circulating Mm -hmm. about Oklahoma and Texas getting shafted by officiating crews are going to get all the noisier.
0: Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. All right, let's get a few uh, last-minute texts in here. We've got uh, two or three minutes. Locked in, top of the hour. Parker, Tyler McComas. Let's go.
1: Uh, the Recruiting Doomer says, hey, guys, big OU fan. Who committed this past week? <laughs> uh, from the 918, are the Arizona Cardinals going to try and tank for Caleb Williams? I saw I saw a tweet last night that referenced the fact that the Cardinals actually hold their first-round pick next year and the Texans' first-round pick oh, next yeah. year. So they could yeah. end up with two top-five draft picks, which would be wild. If Would
0: I'm, Muleshoe go to Arizona? I, yes. I, I want to get Muleshoe out of college football because if he wins – First of all, with that defense again, I know they got Bear Alexander um, and the kid uh, from Oklahoma State who's Mason Cobb. Mason Cobb was escaping my mind, but that was, uh, that was not good. Pitiful. It's pitiful. Mm-hmm. San Jose State, Steely. San Jose State.
1: That defense has been, is, and will always be Mule Shoes undoing as long as he has Alex Grinch calling the shots.
0: I hear that uh Alex Grinch and uh Benny Wiley have signed an n i l deal with Sharman by the way they're going to be on the uh, new Sharman packages. Sorry,
1: you' are really amused by that? I am you? amused <laughs> by that I am You're amused. on the verge of I'm bursting very, out laughing.
0: <laughs> I mean, I just pictured them both on the Sharman instead of mr Whipple that's an older reference sorry right, the olds the olds love it. The olds out there love it. They're cracking up in the rest home right now. Wait a minute. One guy pooped his depends. He's laughing so hard. That's not good. Not good at all. All right. uh, So we're going to get locked in coming up. USC, by the way, speaking of bad audio, their press conference audio is substandard. I am amazed again about how many schools out there. This is a blue blood, right? The mecca of college football. The mecca of college football, and it's like cable access, in the audio quality. I don't understand why people can't get audio right. I understand the visuals important. But time and time again, amateur, amateur, amateur. I had a Lincoln Riley clip that we were going to play, and I thought, I don't even know that. It's so bad. I don't even want to play it. All right. Thank you, Greg from Lawton. Us olds got to hang together, man. Got to hang together. We did, LaDonna. Saw Cliff over there on the SC sideline. All right, thank you to our friends at Riverwind Casino. Play with your wild card today. Get out there for the big drawings on Saturday nights. Win a bunch of cash and bonus play. Have a great Monday.